I, I had a finger slipped in my bum once. And it was the most horrible experience. I'm sorry life. I did that. I I, just <laughs> I, I warned you. I'm sorry. I warned you. And Nico's got some big hands. Look at those fucking things. Holy look at shit. those. Look at those knuckles. Right? Jesus Christ! Oh, God, God, God. River. <laughs> He's got some big knuckles. I need my mom. <laughs> Welcome to two maddening hours of horror and fright. But this, this is something you never forget. Children of the night. What music they make. Just fantasize about being killed. Candy the final girl. How is it in there? Be careful. Why is that? You could spend all your money in there. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> and I'm Sean of the Dead. Wait, there's a guy. Why don't you go over there and have fucking fanny pack sex with him? Then you can jizz all over each other's storage compartments. <laughs> Not the storage compartment. <laughs> uh, I was. Dave German. I'm so happy I shaved my balls. <laughs> we have Crystal. <laughs> we'll edit there. Crickets. I forgot to say the title, so I'll say it like right before I do Erica's. <laughs> or after well, Erica's. Because I lost my highlight. Because of the color, yeah, the color of Oh, okay, I got it. <laughs> Sorry. Edward salad hands just grope Josh. <laughs> we have Nico nice. I'm the king of the swing. <laughs> and we have Erica Wright. I get a lot of money for you, and that make you my bitch. Yeah. Oh. Nice. I love that quote. Um and tonight we are talking about the 2005 Eli Roth directed movie Hostel. Erica's gonna start us off tonight. Okay, wow, I have so much to say about this movie, but I'll keep my um, intro fairly short about it. I saw this uh, when I was still an undergraduate in college, saw it opening night. It was an incredibly raucous audience. Uh, it was a, a sold out, uh, actually that showing was sold out and it remained sold out for several nights um, after opening weekend. But uh, it, was, uh, it was just cool being part of that audience experience and then seeing the audience cheer when um, the protagonist or, or the survivor rather uh, gets uh, revenge on the tortures. People went crazy for that. So I became like super obsessed with this movie and Eli Roth. Um, Hostel became an important part of my undergraduate honors thesis that was about uh, gender and sexuality in horror films. And then I started taking um, 
all of all of the friends from my martial arts dojo and um, campus to see this. So I, I think I saw that movie like seven times in the theater before it left. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So that that's all I have to say for the intro. But I'll get into like exactly why I like this movie so much, even though I recognize there are flaws with it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I guess I'll tell my little sordid tale. It's not long. Um, I saw this uh, when it first hit um, video. I was working at the video store still, and I grabbed it. And this was so long ago because I had my son in 2007. So I only had one kid. That's so weird to think that it was that long ago. And um, I watched it, and I just felt like, I don't know, nasty afterwards, but I liked it. Um, but it was just, I watched it twice. Like, I watched it, I thought about it, and then I watched it again. And then I did not watch it again until two days ago. I had not seen it since 2005. I don't know what that says. I guess I'll do more on that later. So, like Erica, um, I saw this on opening night, and the it was a sold-out crowd. And the crowd was, like, super, like, interactive with, with this movie. Like, it was very... I guess it was like a rowdy bunch. It's I guess it's it's the kind of movie like I guess you have to watch with friends or in a crowded theater to I guess to kind of appreciate. I mean, I I personally was just kind of like I I liked Cabin Fever somewhat for whatever it was. So when when this was coming out, I was like, eh, you know, it wasn't until I saw who was producing it for him, Quentin Tarantino, that I was like, all right, I got to see it. Got to support QT. Um and I just remember, like, like the whole opening of the movie, like, the first half of the movie versus the second half, like, the audience was so, like, it was almost like like a ping-pong match. Like, it was just, just, like, so back and forth on this. But, you know, we'll talk more about that later. But, I mean, it was definitely a good theater experience to see this movie mm -hmm. in a the theater. I really do wish I had seen it in the theater. Um... Yeah, because it, it definitely made a, a better, you know, experience for it, I think. Yeah, I, I do remember seeing this in the theater when it came out, and I <clears throat> um, had a lot of hopes going into it, um, and I think maybe um, I, I held those hopes a little too high when I went in there. Um, if you guys remember the trailer for this, it talked about how vile and visceral and, you know, how demented and, you know, all this stuff. And so I went in, you know, uh, thinking that I was going to, get blown away and I wasn't and I, I you know I couldn't tell you if it was a sold out crowd um it, I do remember the theater being pretty pretty packed um, I think we get those too much here right right but uh you know I think maybe my tolerance um might have been a little too high because you know growing up with rotten.com and watching the faces of death films and you know even interning in college, you know, with the medical examiner, like, you know, I saw a lot of, you know, hardcore shit. And so like, you know, when I went in to see this, like I was thinking like, I'm going to see some hardcore shit. And it was kind of a letdown. And I saw, you know, I mean, we know the whole story. And I know Erica's going to touch on this with, you know, uh, torture porn. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I was going through reviews um, to get uh, ammunition for Sean Shitty reviews, and I saw the term Gorno used. 
which I would I would imagine is gore porno. Um, and that's yeah. exactly when like I read that. Kind of thing. When I read that, that's what I thought because I'm like the first half of this film is like straight up Skinamax at two and two a.m. Exactly. Like exactly, you know. And then it's just like this dramatic shift. Uh, but you know, yeah, I I had I had high hopes when I saw this, and I felt kind of let down. And I'm kind of like Candy. I watched this once once or twice, and then I didn't really revisit it again until we watched it again yesterday. Okay, this last night was the only the second time I'd ever seen it because the first time I saw this movie really kind of disturbed me. And I, this is the conversation I'm hoping to have at some point in the evening is why is it that I can enjoy a movie like Day of the Dead where people are ripped, you know, literally limb from limb by zombies and it doesn't affect me. But like this movie really bothered me. This and like The Stranger, something about, I guess, being tied to a chair and being completely helpless at other, at other you know, psychopaths uh, mercy. Uh, this movie really, the first time I saw it really disturbed me and I'd never seen it again. And I kind of, like I said, I watched it last night only for the second time to get ready for the podcast. And I, I do enjoy it, but there's just something about the vulnerability of being handcuffed to a chair at some psychopath's, you know, mercy. And he's got, you know, gardening implements at his disposal. It's, it, it fucked me up a little bit. And I want to know why is that? Why do I like in Day of the Dead, you know, you see Tazo get his head ripped off and, you know, uh, what happens to Rhodes, it doesn't bother me at all, but somehow this movie really affected me. And why is that? Is it me? Is it? I'm going to ask you if there's something wrong with me. That's a, that's a little question. there's a whole psychology to it, honestly. I felt the same way too when I saw it, even though I thought, you know, like for all the hype, I didn't think the gore was as extreme as I would have expected, but the, the whole concept really got under my skin and like just creeped me out. So then of course I subjected myself and others to it repeatedly. (laughs) As misery loves company, they say. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, this is fucking disturbing. You should see it. It's not (laughs) as gory. It's not as gory as the movies, um, um, uh, what do you call it? It's, it's reputation would lead you to believe it's really not that gore. It's you know it's got mm-hmm. some gore, but but it's more um, especially like the um, the opening with the Japanese girl when he goes after her toe. There's something so vulnerable about your feet, you know, your bare feet. It's like I don't know. It, it, like I, I don't want to get into it right up front, but this is a discussion I'm hoping to have. Why? You know, what it, what is it with? the vulnerability of this that affects me and, and yet zombies ripping people asunder, I, you know, whatever. I think I maybe touch on that. I think it's the same, the same, um, you know, argument that people have about, you know, Michael Myers and Ghostface realistically being like the scariest of the slasher icons, because that could wait, Candy, let me finish, please. I said nothing. <laughs> you, you made a face. <laughs> I do make faces. Here's the well, way I was, I was about to back it up. I, I have, I have, Okay, because the idea of a Michael Myers or a Ghostface can actually be real. Somebody could put on a mask and actually snap and kill people. That's why those and those those two are actually more grounded in reality versus our Freddies versus our Jasons. Even Leatherface, to a degree, could possibly somewhat be a little bit realistic. But I think maybe Dave, that's why you you feel some type of way, you know, with Hostel because this is real people, quote unquote. Like this isn't this isn't like some. You know, because because zombies are, are fiction. They're just they're just a movie monster. It's the same with like a werewolf or like a vampire, where this is like you know, 
random people who are who are paying to torture people and and kill them ultimately because it's like some sick demented fantasy you know because you guys well you guys all know this is where the basis of the movie came from was that you know eli roth was like surfing the internet and came across this and initially it was supposed to be a documentary and he was like well fuck that i don't want them to know where the fuck i live so it's took my talking point but that's okay i got more sorry sorry no because you're gonna jump right into it now but i think i think that's why this actually disturbs you david is because this this has that reality feel to it versus a movie monster attacking somebody mm. i mean you know i mean it's almost like or like i talked about it since i just saw it the other day brotherhood of the wolf like that monster okay like that's that's not scary it's it's cool looking it's not disturbing to me what's more disturbing is like the actual people behind that monster that are doing things in that film yeah well, does before that, we does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Before we okay. we dive into it, I want to hear from Crystal, and then we right, can right. we can expand. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to jump. I just wanted to kind of. No, I think no, no, maybe no, that that was why, because like it's like a whole psyche. Yeah. Thing no, I think it's I movie. think it's a good jumping off point. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So for me, the first time I saw this was with my younger sister, who's a big Eli Roth fan. Um. And she kind of conned me in, into seeing this. She was like, "Oh, this is the guy who did." Captain Fever, and I was like, okay, yeah, we can see this. And she <laughs> she literally caught me in, into seeing this. Um, and I don't really do the torture porn stuff because um, I'm in Dave's boat with that uh, something. I, I don't like my feet touched at all, period. That was like, <laughs> FYI, that was like one of the first things I told Dave. Don't touch my feet. I'm dead serious. Point taken. Do not touch my feet. Like socks are on my feet, like all the time. Don't touch my feet. Like don't go near them. Um, not even for a foot rub. No. Well, Sean's the foot fucking master. Tickling or nothing. I don't be tickling or nothing. No, no, no. If you want to lose teeth, yeah, touch my feet. But, but no, like I, I don't. I don't do, uh, no. Um, so, and, and like my sister knows, like, I did, no, uh-uh. Um, so like, I remember once everything kind of jumped off in this movie, I kind of looked over at her like, bitch, I, I'm about to knock you the fuck out. And she just <laughs> had this big smile on her face, like, this is my jam. And I, I was like, no, I'm ready to leave. Um, and she got the DVD and would use her Xbox and watch this constantly. And so I have seen scenes constant through the years, but had not rewatched this until last night, like from beginning to end. And I remember rewatching it and there was stuff that I was excited about because OCD me was excited about various things in the torture uh, scenes. Uh, and I pointed them out to Dave and he was like, really, that's what you, you, you gather from that. I was like, yeah, I'm excited for that. But the one thing I can say without giving, I was frightened. Yeah. The one thing that I can say without giving much away that can then be a further springboard is I don't even understand besides honestly, Eli Ross sense of humor that I, I enjoy it, but the beginning we don't even need the washing down scene of the walls, like with the soap, honey. Everything else looks like it's going to give you tetany. You don't need the soap. Why the soap? <laughs> Why Why we don't need the washing walls. We don't need the washing. 
everything looks like you're getting technique. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Erica, um, did you want to share uh, some things? Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, I definitely um, have a lot that Hold I on. can. Hold on, let about. me get my pen. Let me get my pen. I get it. I already got my and pen I have, ready. I have my skin pad for you all, too. So, yeah, this is another case where uh, Eli Roth makes movies that have like a very smart message, but it's buried under this veneer of just ugly American dude bro stupidity. I will say dude bro. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I kind of had to revisit some of his interviews earlier today when I rewatched it and pull out my old um, uh, graduate, uh, undergraduate honors thesis and that type of thing. So there were a few um, things that inspired Eli Roth to make this movie or inspired aspects of it. One was he, um, when I, I think he was like a, a broke student, he worked for um, Penthouse. They had this like cyber sex service. So uh, like these like guys would spend, I don't know, like quite a bit, it was something like 50 bucks an hour to um, sext with strangers they thought were hot women, but Eli an Roth hour. was one of the women. <laughs> and a minute. He said that like some of the some of the guys who messaged him, like just the way they they talked to you know, like someone who they thought was a woman and the fantasies they had were just so disgusting um, that like some of that became an inspiration for some of the characters in this film. Um, and another um, there were a couple other things that he um, talked about too one was he he found this or a friend of his found a website that was supposedly based in thailand but it claimed that you could go into a room and kill someone um and then like part of the money would go yeah to the the victim's families another website that um, had some controversial with uh, controversy was called hunting bambi which was supposedly in America. It turned out to be a hoax website, but apparently you could um, paintball, uh, you know, shoot some naked women running across the desert or some stupid shit like that. So he kind of got this like uh, idea of like uh, kind of looking at how society likes to humiliate and degrade women. And then the idea of if someone's rich enough that they could literally like buy or sell people, what, what would happen then? Um, so, I mean, I, I just think these are really great concepts. They're timely. I mean, they still fit now because there's a lot um, a lot in the news about human trafficking. Too bad some of it's warped out of any semblance of reality when you get into like QAnon type conspiracy theories where it's like, well, that's horseshit. But there's, the, there's still like the, the reality of human trafficking. Um, and then the other point I want to bring up, sorry, this is taking so long, the animal rights angle. No, bring it. Yeah, Eli Roth is like a big uh, spokesperson for animal rights. He's done a lot of PETA ads and that type of thing. So another thing that he, a concept he put in this movie was the idea that if someone is cruel to animals, it's like a springboard for them to then become comfortable being cruel to humans, which has been the case with a lot of serial killers. And I think, I, I don't know. Yeah, the tri is part of the triangle, right? Yeah, it's part of the uh, checklist. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah fire starting right. and bedwetting. Bed yeah, animal cruelty. Yeah. Um, so there were a couple things. I, I don't know if he uh, read this book. So here's one of my book recommendations. Eric Fromm's The Anatomy of Human Destructiveness. It was an amazing but thick book. Um, 
Eric Fromm actually uses the term elite hunting and puts it in quotes. So he um, has this chapter on like history of ancient humans and primitive societies. So he, he wants to, when he gets into this discussion, he says, you have to differentiate elite hunting from uh, normal hunting that people have done in many societies just for survival. Or if you're a farmer, you're trying to protect your livestock from predators. Like th those types of hunting don't count. It's elite hunting is all about exerting power and control over another living thing. And then Eric Fromm goes on to develop various theories about um, like sexual sadism, uh, necrophilic personalities, that type of thing, stuff I really love. So I do recommend this. But I wondered if maybe that was um, possibly where he got the idea for this, the name of this group, Elite Hunting. And also Eli Roth's dad was a psychoanalyst, so it's possible he's read some of that literature himself. Um, so that's like, I have more I can save later. I feel like I'm going on too long. You never do go on, so we enjoy this. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just I'm I really I love this movie. I love what he the message he was trying to send, even though I think there are some uh, legit cringe aspects about it in some ways. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like another another thing that kind of maybe ties into that animal rights angle, like or if you're gonna go out all like all eco feminist. You remember when um, Paxton, when they're in the, the brothel at Amsterdam and Paxton says something like, I hope bestiality is legal here because that girl is a fucking hog. Yes. I know. I was like, she's son not of even a bitch. fat. Yeah. I know. Right. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, so here's another book I re recommend if you want like a disturbing cultural history of uh, women and animals being kind of conflated, animals being sexualized like women, women being treated like literal pieces of meat. It is The Pornography of Meat by Carol J. Adams, who's also an animal rights activist. Um, she talks about, apparently, I, I can't pronounce French, I suck at that, I'm not going to try, but there is a French term for brothels in which young women have to service 80 to 120 men in a night. Jesus. And those brothels, those brothels oh are nicknamed houses of slaughter. So it's this meat market Ew. image again, uh, which I thought was kind of appropriate because he, uh, Eli Roth does so much of mirroring the early brothel scenes with like the torture dungeon scenes later. It's like, they're just different <laughs> living out their fantasies with uh, human human beings that they bought <laughs> so yeah. I, I like yeah i do like the parallels that he built yeah, specifically up. they're going past doors in, in the brothel it's doors and you see people having sex and then the torture scenes he's going past doors of people being tortured it was i thought that was really mm -hmm. interesting that, that that drawing those two together yeah yeah Absolutely. So that's that's kind of the main uh, main thing. I have a, a third book recommendation. I can get to it later because I'm sure some other topics I'll want to discuss will come up. Okay, okay I'm done for the moment. <laughs> no, that was so interesting. Um, Dave, Crystal, I'm not sure which one. Both. Crystal. Okay, Crystal. It was me. Uh, it's a kitty. Yes. No, I was just going to say uh, Erica had brought up Amsterdam when we talked about like the brothel there it was supposed to represent the red light district um my sister lives in the Netherlands um and I had forgotten how this movie was supposed to take place the opening was supposed to take place in Amsterdam but as I'm I was watching it last night with Dave 
I was watching, I was like, wait a minute, Amsterdam doesn't look like that. The, the red light district, you can't take cameras in. The, mm -hmm. um, the, 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 the sex workers there will take your cameras and they will throw them in the canals uh, because they are business women. Um, mm -hmm. Like, what the fuck? And, I, and I'm looking, I'm like, that's not Amsterdam. Amsterdam does not look like that. They filmed all of this in the Czech Republic. Mm -hmm. um, that... <laughs> It was, I was the like, Amsterdam how? of American fantasy. Right. Yeah. I'm like Eli Ross, you know, you pulled one over on, on everyone, <laughs> you know, pulled one over on, on the Americans here, you know, oh, go to Europe. This is what, you know, Amsterdam looks like and everything. And I'm like, no, Amsterdam is actually a lot cleaner than that. <laughs> the canals, you know, may smell like pee because, you know, everybody kind of gets a little tipsy and then that's where they get to the restroom. But other than that, you know, if you go to a coffee house, you're not getting coffee. Just that's my, that's my worldly word of advice for everyone, uh, for Amsterdam. But I did like the line where it said, um, where they said in Amsterdam, uh, are there any Dutch? No, there's not. I can confirm that for you. No, you're going to find mainly Americans and French. You're not finding Dutch. <laughs> That's what I've heard. Yes. Um, I want to jump in. Um, I know it was brought up. Uh, hold on. Okay. There we go. All right. Um, the contrast. I mean, it almost gives you whiplash. Like the first time that you see it. Because like the first fucking half of this movie is, is basically, you know, like Sean said, it's like Skinamax porn. Yeah, oh. softcore porn. It's actually more than softcore a little bit, I think. I don't know, but I'm not like an expert on porn. But obviously. Yes, like TNA the movie. <laughs> I don't know. We saw a lot of fucking. I don't I don't we didn't see any like, you know, genitalia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well we, we saw a different kind of penetration, but not genitals, so Right, yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, so like I'm not the expert on that. But it's like, yeah, when I was first watching the movie, I'm like, when the fuck is this shit gonna be over? I was like Oh, do I have, why is this so long? Like, are we going to get to torture or is this the torture? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because um, I was really fucking sick of it. I was the like, pacing, oh, the pacing of this the film pace, is there, there really are pacing off. issues. Like mm -hmm. we could get this, we could get this whole juxtaposition of like, here's, you know, the brothel stuff and how it goes with the you know the 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 torture part and we can get all that and we could have cut like 15 fucking 20 fucking minutes out of that beginning and still have gotten enough because it's not like we got character development we don't really care too much about these characters not really it's not about that it's not that they're more penises like <laughs> like you know we had plenty of titties and ass what what like Where's, where's well, I'm, I'm all about equal opportunity with that. Like, where's yeah, the show all this. Let's let's see let's see everybody show their shit. Except right. I did not want to see Oli's asshole as a mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't yeah. stop that. Anyway, yeah. so so yeah, like when we were rewatching this, like we paused to go smoke, and we're halfway through the fucking movie, and we're still at the porn, like the actual porn. And I'm like, okay, I remembered this being long, but not this long. That's what um, she said. <laughs> oh, fuck off. Anyway, so by the time we got to the torture, I mean, it was like whiplash, like break your neck. So, like, this is like first impression kind of things before I had time to think about everything. And 
but you know points have already been made that i realized you know later on not and i did not realize this on first viewing the things like i was just kind of like this movie doesn't know what it wants to be is what i thought but it's actually much smarter than that i wouldn't say it's like a masterpiece or anything but it does have you see the parallels like, again the pacing we could have cut that down and gone more to the torture even though it's uncomfortable as fuck and you know it's gritty it's nasty you feel like you need a shower after this movie for so many reasons um but yeah it, it's good at getting that that vulnerability and i wanted to point out something that i i said the other night you know when they finally you know the guy ha um, gags paxton because you know paxton's mm -hmm. our main character and seriously, what a dude for a name. Paxton, really? Okay. <laughs> oh, way to go. with he, the, the names that he puts on his characters, I'm like, oh, Eli, come on, honey. But, okay. <laughs> so he, It's because he, he wants you to hate them. He wants you to hate them. I do. He's good at it. I do fucking hate them. You do realize that outside of, like, Inglorious Bastards, like, he plays dude bros himself, like, in Oh, I know. Movies. He's a dude yes. bro in, in his own yeah, movies. Yeah. He kind of like actually is... <laughs> A dude bro in his own way. I mean, he's an intelligent man, and I like the things that he says in, like, history of horror and when he speaks, but sometimes his movies feel, like, really stupid. We got a lot of F-bombs, not fuck, but the other F-bombs, less than we had in Cabin Fever, and just some of the, the, the phrasing. But anyway, um, that just, it didn't age well, and it wasn't great at the time. But there's this one scene where the guy gags Paxton, and Paxton's begging him in, like, German, and he starts puking and he's like and you literally know he's trying to choke on his own vomit so he can die that way and i'm like mm -hmm. that's what i would fucking do like i'm sitting here i'm chained down this guy's gonna like torture me i'm gonna choke on my own vomit instead because that's yeah, a better that's way perfect. to die and you could tell that's what he was trying to do and, and i missed that before and i was like that's what i would fucking do and the guy and that's why i was always wondering why is the guy taking the ball gag off like he wants him dead but he's like no i want to fucking kill him and i want that pleasure and so yeah so paxton you know he's he's our plucky uh survivor here and uh you know we'll, we'll talk more about that stuff later but i just wanted to say like there i completely missed the point some some of it a lot of it the first viewing the second viewing i got it then i didn't revisit it when i revisited it now being in my 40s i'm like oh i get it so cut 20 minutes off thanks um, <laughs> oh. um i'm gonna tell the the story about my my horror con and how it tied in with this particular with a cast member from the film i guess i don't know if i should do that now i said i'll do it a little later how about it yeah go for it all right so and it's it's really stupid i was actually gonna bring up two real real quick points but i i think because dave and crystal both mentioned earlier about the um the uh the, what is it like the the hedge clippers with the with with the toe. Yeah. Like the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do, do you think maybe that that since Quentin produced it, like that was maybe his idea to, to maybe? Yeah, I yeah. I thought about do, that. Do you think that it's such a, did, like, it was such we a brought up, up we were like, oh, foot. feet already. Yeah, yeah. Let's throw some feet in there. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure we were all on the same page. Like, all right, Quentin produced it. We know. Okay. Um, and I I remember like in in the theater too, especially like there was there was two scenes where people really felt uncomfortable. And obviously, rightfully so. And one is when the guy's eating the salad with his hands on the train. Yeah, and what the fuck? Like, Edward right, salad hands. The most disgusting part of the movie. I've been in situations where I've had to do that before. But but, I think it was, it was, but it's the way he was 
doing it, I think. It was just so... Yeah. It was creepy. Um, and I remember people audibly reacting to that, like, oh, like, in the theater. And I'm not trying to steal Sean's shine on this part, but, um, the Achilles scene still to this oh. day, I can't, I can't. Bothers me. Dude, That's between like, that and Pet Cemetery, like. This, this was 10 times worse than Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Pet because Cemetery he to tries me is a gigantic to... fucking piece of shit. And that, that's for another story. Another, another time. Um, but this, but when you see the actual shit fucking rip, like all you heard in the theater was like, oh, like, and like all you heard was like people shifting in their, in their seats when, cause you didn't think you were going to see it. Cause like you heard them slice it and then, <laughs> you know, and then like, you know, like the Foley artist is off fucking camera, like with the celery, like snap, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like with a big old fucking like Kool-Aid smile on their face and they're like, watch, we're going to make these motherfuckers squirm in the theater. Watch. It made me squirm. You know, they yeah. probably showed it because I guess to maybe not let people think about what was snapped. Like, I'm talking about it now, by the way, and, like, my Achilles are, like, <laughs> they're, like, throbbing right now just even thinking about it. Well, yeah, mine my, my throb every fucking day. So, like, watching this now because of my back affects my feet, like, I really felt it. Yeah. Yeah, there's and, something and vulnerable on feet. They're just vulnerable. Something. I'm not sure why that is. Something that they that they do in this film that I I didn't realize when I first watched it um, so long ago, uh, but but I realized when we watched it a couple days ago is that you know when they do the toe scene, you see the shears like go to the toe, but yeah. you don't see the actual snip. Yeah. And, it's straight to like a toenail clipping. And there's and there's a couple other I think maybe one or two scenes where they're getting ready to do it. But then they, like, I think the drill to the knee, like, right when he takes that drill and he's getting ready to drill his knee, like, the camera cuts away. And, <sighs> and so my, you know, your thinking going into it is, you know, you're not going to see that Achilles. Yeah, right. that's what I mean. And then, like, when he gets up is when, and you're and, like, oh, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's that, it's that smoke and mirrors that they play. And, you know, Greg Nicotero is the protege of fucking Tom Savini, so... Right, king you know. of smoke and mirrors. Right, yeah, so, I mean, it's... He's learned so much from Tom Savini that, that it comes through in this film. But I think my biggest disappointment was that I... I maybe I expected more. Um, the way that this film was built up... I mean, you have K&B. K&B's fucking legendary. Well, K wasn't there. right. But you know they're legendary as as a as a company, um, as far as special effects are concerned, and I guess maybe I was just let down because it was this film was billed as like disgusting. Well, do you yeah. remember the alternate poster where it had the drill going through the mouth? Yeah. Right, the... I have that poster. Yeah, right, right, and, awesome. and great poster too. But, I didn't see that shit though. But it's like you know, know there there are things that. You know, you had you had Saw a year before this. And, you know, so it's like you're... I feel like they're playing off of what Saw brought to the table. But I don't feel like... Like, we didn't get the money shot with this one. Well, I actually... Can I, can I interject? Um, we did get one money shot. And that would be the famous eyegasm scene. Yes. Which Eli Roth himself was like i really didn't think they were gonna let us do this um 
But he was like, you know, the eyegasm, because that's what they call it. The eyegasm, like when he snips her eye off because it was like hanging out, mm-hmm. and then it has that goo. Now, see, and that to me yeah. was the most disgusting part. Was the oh, God, it was fucking gross. Yeah, but no, but he's the, like, the, I didn't think we were going to get away with the eyegasm scene. Mm-hmm. And we did. We no. did. And, well, and sure. can I say... It also helps someone who your, who your producer is, too, that can also help with the ratings board. Yeah, right. I'm. I'm. I was. I was like that scene with with the burned face in the eye. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed and blown away at the same <laughs> time because I thought, for me personally, the eyeball I didn't think looked that great. No, it, no, it looked like shit. No, it looked like a lollipop. Yeah, looked like a gelatin mold. <laughs> I didn't think it looked that great, but when he snips it. And the goo comes out. That's <laughs> when I was like, uh, I had that that whole dead alive scene with with the the fucking. But dead alive doesn't gross me out. The eyegasm did. But see, right. I don't know. For me, like that that didn't work because it looked super fucking like it. You can tell it was a prosthetic on her face. The whole. Even, oh yeah, even that looked like shit. But we're and, talking and about you, the actual. I mean, I think if you even look close, like, you can actually see like like the the bladder piece like pushing the. And you know what I mean? Because like and, we're, and we're, we're as, trained for that. Right, like, we right. We watch enough but, of these things. But with you know, and and special effects aside, I guess it was like you know, and I know suspension of disbelief, whatever. But if I'm trying to escape a fucking warehouse full of people who are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to fucking murder people. The last thing I'm going to do is be like, Oh, here, hold on. Let me snip that fucking eyeball off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to grab this chick. Like why he even ran back in there in the first place is fucking that was That's where we got the Lake like, Michigan no, story. Because of the story he told about the, the Lake Michigan girl. story where the little bit yeah. of character development we had, that that's why he did. I even little... said that to you when we watched it. I know, Remember? but it gets, it gets so drowned out by him calling girls fucking hogs and fucking yeah. being a douchebag. You know True. what I'm saying? That like when it but gets to the end. Douche. And he and he makes that decision. It's like, dude, get the fuck out! Like you just found a fucking car with keys in the ignition. Like, what are you doing? Time to like, go. All you did the whole movie was was try to to bang chicks. Like, just get in the and car and talked go. about them like they were cattle, right? Or yeah. Hogs. Yeah, just get in the car and go. Maybe they had to show that he has some like decency or humanity to him, and maybe all of the trash talk he did about women was to impress other guys and make himself. I think only more masculine or something. Because Josh was the one I actually gave a fuck about. He was the most. Um, he wore know, a fanny character. pack. He wore a fanny pack. <laughs> he actually had a moral compass. Wearing one right now. You know he. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's just you know Josh was the one I felt the most keenly. Because he's the only person I gave a fuck about, really. And not a lot of a puck. But, you know, he, he had a moral compass. He he was not trying to take advantage of these women. You know, like, he left the the one. Like, oh, yeah, she was good. What do you mean she was good? You know, well, no, because no, he didn't do it. Yeah, but... yeah. Respect. Um, yeah, I think uh, he was set up as the, the, the one that audience were supposed to relate to and assume that he would be the survivor. He's the most one out of the group and then yeah. boom gets killed first off pretty much well at least the first on-screen death i guess technically only is killed first but first. you you see the aftermath uh-huh. later <laughs> yeah yeah um i don't know who had their hand up first i know nico i was gonna tell that that story about 
the girl from the movie that we were going to book for the convention and how Felissa ended up putting the kibosh on that. Oh. Yeah. So the the actress, I'm going to try to pronounce her last name. I'm going to I'm going to butcher the fuck out of it because it's like super fucking um Barbara Nettle Jakova. That's she played the one that that actually lures the boys in to, you know. Natalia? Yes. Um uh. So we were we were dealing with some you know, because we were, we were novices in the in the convention world, with how to how to do this, and we were dealing with a company called Livewire Management or Livewire Entertainment, who no longer exists because like they're fucking idiots that run it, and they can go fuck themselves if they listen to this. I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> we they were the ones. I think I told the D Wallace story about this. I'm not sure if you guys remember that. Okay, I, so I they do. were I just recall. real quick recap. We were going to book D Wallace through them too for the show, and. We were getting ready to get everything ready with the contract for her, and that guy called me and was like, so D wants a, a clause in the contract saying that if she cancels her appearance, you're still going to pay her the 3500 for the appearance. And I was like, what? It's like, get the mm-hmm. fuck out of here. Nope. I'm like, yo, E.T.'s mom can go fuck herself. I don't give a fuck. So ever since then, I have no love for D. Wallace. I don't. I, I honestly, she's fucking rude as shit in person. You guys maybe have good experience. I, I just think I have I, not I've met her. Wallace. She's been at cons, but I've never gotten in her no, line. She's, or she's actually I fucking rude. She's honestly, she's a rude twat. Honestly, and I could care less. <laughs> I said what I said. Um, just like this one, we were gonna book them up from hostel. This bitch had the balls to ask for twenty five fucking hundred dollars. She wanted two thousand five hundred dollars to come as a as the guarantee fee, mind you. Okay. <laughs> Wanted and and demanded to share a room with Phyllis Rose. What? Oh no! Because because they we can't. because we they're not even because, in the same fucking wait wait game. So because like these guys were working with Phyllis at that time too because you know Phyllis is such a sweetheart, she, you know whatever, and she called me, <laughs> and she's like, "Can I talk to you real quick?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, well, what's up?" And she's like, "Do I?" Didn't even know her name. She goes. Do I really gotta share a room with that girl from Hostel? And I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh I'm no. like, what do you, what do you mean? And she's like, well, I talked to, to the to the guy that handles her, and I know like him and I know each other, whatever from doing the conventions, and he said that that um you know because since all the hotel rooms are already booked for you know between like you know your your attendees and and the and the guests or whatever that um she she was requesting and demanding that she she bunk up with me because Felissa requested. Two, two beds and a lot of celebrities request them and I'm sure Erica you know this too from working mm-hmm. conventions the reason they request two beds <laughs> spoiler here's here's a big secret behind the con thing <laughs> so this way they don't have to have the maid come in and fuck with their shit they could just sleep in the other bed so they can make a mess of one bed leave it pile all their shit on top of there and then still go to sleep whatever and then have to worry about it makes a night. lot of sense yeah right. totally spoiler Spoiler as a travel nurse. When anytime, like, I leave the hotel to, like, go do something, I put all my valuable shit that like, goes right. with me right. or put and it they... away. Like, you're not touching my shit. And they, they put the do not disturb on the, on the, but her, she was like, so she's like, you know, she was like, you know, I love you. She's like, I'll, I'll do whatever you want. But she's like, if I really got to share a room with the girl from Hostel, I will. Oh my gosh. But, and I'm like, well, here's the thing. I'm like, she wants, she wants like 2,500 to come out and, Exact words were like, what, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Huh. So yeah. that was when I was like, "No, we didn't get the contract yet. Like, we didn't get everything booked yet. 
um, we had announced her, but like everything kind of fell apart right after with with her as a guest because she was making like these weird demands about like how she had to have like certain things, and I'm like, like you you're the, the bitch movie. from Hostel, really? Like you were in the yeah, movie for... eat the brown M Ms. Right, like you fucking were in the movie for a grand total of twenty fucking minutes. Like who the fuck do you think you are? Really trying to make you her bitch, right? But see, <laughs> instead, I, I kicked that bitch to the fucking curb. So like, I called that guy right after, and I was like, "Look, I'm like, this is the second time like you fucked me. That that's it. You're done. Like, we're not doing business." That girl from Hostel, it's exactly what I said to her too. And go fuck herself. Like, what what is she doing? What is she doing with herself? Yeah, I mean, she's seen... the girl from Hostel that nobody knows her name. And, I actually just and... remember her character name because. Truth, um... And truth be told. I mean, have you ever seen that bitch? At a, and I'm gonna use that word because I didn't like had it, had a bad experience. Did you ever see that bitch at any fucking conventions? Ever? No. Exactly. And even if I did, I probably wouldn't have paid any attention. <laughs> I think she did one, and they were she was charging like I think like thirty or forty dollars at the at the time. Oh then, my god! No, 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 honey, no. You're not. You haven't then, earned that shit. And on top of that, we had to fly her from fucking. Um, Czechoslovakia, whatever it is, from over there to come over here. Yeah, oh, no. because oh, she no. because because she was on she was on holiday over there. They said, be like, enjoy your holiday, and then fly her back. No, I was like, get the fuck no, out no, of here. Flight. I'm like, bitch, you're you're flying to Scranton, Pennsylvania. Like, do you understand like the little shithole armpit that this place is? Like, come on, ah. <laughs> you can so, get a you... salad to go. Right, like you look, you're gonna get fucking like first class flights here. Like you're gonna be on the on the on them old school like Cessna fucking planes, like with the propellers <laughs> on the fucking wings. They're like with like it's one <laughs> roll of fucking seats. Like you're you're lucky to even get that. But yeah, even like even like her um her per diem, she wanted more per diem than everybody else. She wanted like I think it was she wanted fifty dollars compared to twenty five. Like everybody oh, else wow. was getting fifty. <laughs> Like when we met, like the... Scott Reininger from from Dawn of the Dead, that dude was so nice and so thankful. He, I think he only charged like twenty bucks. Yeah, he was great. And he's fucking Scott. You know what I mean? Like he's in a legendary fucking movie. I mean, yeah. no offense to Hostel, but it's not Dawn of the Fucking Dead. <laughs> and and honestly, if, if 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 I'm because that that's that that see, it's weird because like you guys don't like. Because we go to conventions and a lot, we we've all pretty much had celebrity horror celebrity experiences at this time. At this point, all of us. Mo and, yeah, and mine are mostly good, but I've had uh, right. But, but the wrong one can actually can actually sour you on some of those films, and unfortunately, this is one of those instances where that mm. experience kind of soured this movie for me. She was to like, point, "Pay me the money, and <laughs> that makes you my bitch." To the point, and you know what? Not for nothing. And like, this might be a hot take, and I really, I don't care because I honestly, I, I front, and I have people that, that have watched them. Hostel Two is better than the, than the first one. I agree. Far. That's a common Ho theme, and Hostel we're going to on that. So much better yeah. of a because it actually feels like a, a complete film. This, this I don't like what like... they did with Paxton, but okay. No, but fuck it, because I, I mean, honestly, I, I dig the fact that it was like total girl power in that movie oh, too. On, on top of that, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like that—that that was actually like that—that uh, that was such a well-made fucking movie compared to. I, and I feel like Quentin got more involved in the second one because it has a lot of elements of Quentin, and especially like like with the fact that it's very female-driven. Yeah, Quentin and is Stephen King is a huge fan of Hostel too. Right. Didn't have much to say for Hostel, but he loves Hostel too. Right. That's what I mean. And like, even like Hostel too. Like, I was a little like iffy going in, and when I watched it, I was like, "Wow, this was." It's it's one of those like rare sequels where it's better 
than the original. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of wish that we would have been covering that one instead. Well, one. I mean, it's always a consideration for later. It is, but I mean, that one is that one's like leaps and bounds, <laughs> leaps <laughs> and fucking bounds better than this one. Yeah, oh, we'll talk about that. Far. I know Erica wanted to touch on. Yeah, on I mean, second film. I, so Erica, I'm kind of with you, Nico. Like, I I love the first one. I I do think the second one is a bit better, and I also like how. Um, it also shows the development of um, like the bad guys characters too. You see inside the the minds to some extent of the clients. Which, of which the was lead. interesting because like you, you're getting, you're, it's like it's two, well it's actually three stories really, but mm-hmm. it's kind of like, and they're all running concurrent. Like, you know, you know, because like this is something that like you and I, we, we kind of think alike and, and can't eat to everybody here, really, let, let's be honest. But, you know, I, I feel like that one was just so much, it was, it was better written. It was it was well directed and I, and I really feel like Quentin had his hand in a lot of that, which that, which that is rare one. for a sequel. Yeah, it's too bad though that that one really underperformed in the theater. Like uh, apparently it was um, uh, heavily pirated or uh, some. Yeah, it was I leaked was, before the theatrical release. So yeah, I was working at a movie theater at the, like I was managing it when that came out and like it like the audience wasn't even anywhere near when I was working for the for the first Hostel. That and that's so weird after a successful film you know well, i mean it's yeah, like it's like it, she said it, because of the pirating because that, that it's not when like pirating was like getting like at an all-time high with, with like yeah. the, the, the pirate bay right was like really kind of at that point online yeah, yeah. i um uh, yeah i don't know if it was um i don't really know what what platform that it was like illegally streamed to or, or pirated to but um at least that eli roth's reason for its underperformance in the theater especially compared to the first one which considering that the first one outperformed uh, narnia and uh Thank God. the other big movie that came out was it was it peter jackson's king kong that also came out that same time I think so. maybe yeah. No, yeah no 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 because hostile hostile came out um let me see I, I know, I know, I know. King two. Kong. King Kong was the big was the big like Christmas movie, and um, okay, Hostel so came yeah, out, not quite so Hostel time. came out the year later. So yes, because it King Kong already had the month, and then Hostel came out in two thousand six in January. I just looked okay. it up now. So January sixth, yeah. So yes, but no, because King Kong already had the month to kind of. You know what I mean? Although, so although yeah, it, this is Narnia that came out at this at the exact same time and, and actually came in behind Hostel, which is. I was Great. actually disappointed with the Narnia movies, honestly. I was but, too. Because okay. I, I love the fucking books, but okay. I, I think it's funny too, because like how you brought that up just now, Erica, and then like people remember like okay, like Titanic was number one mm-hmm. for how long? But we all remember that in April of of ninety eight, it was Lost in Space with Joey Tribbiani from Friends that dethroned Titanic after its long run, just like with Star Wars. Um, I forget what it was that that beat Star Wars eventually too, but like Hostel on. Un- unseated King Kong. You know what I mean? Like it's just funny how like these are the movies that are like taking over what what you know like like the big budget blockbusters are. I'm still pissed about fucking Grindhouse. I will for- go to my grave with that about that you, you empty home, fucking home theater. Night. I was so happy to go see that movie. In th- I theaters. saw it when it opened. I just had but see, ash. But see, I was I still know, recovering from C-section here, and an empty fucking theater. And I'm like, oh my god, this movie not, deserves see, so much more. That's, that's what I'm t- here it wasn't. It was packed. It was sold out here for that for that first showing. On opening night, it was sold out here, like in a packed theater. We don't we don't get sold out here in indie. I know because I saw Birds of Prey there, and it really wasn't even that packed for that either. Well, because, because you have to pandemic. understand Indiana. Um, 
one, it's it's the most puritanical of the Midwest well, states, yeah, it's, believe it's it Mike, or not. It's Mike, it's Mike fucking Pence land over there. <laughs> oh God, yes, <laughs> and um, yeah, we don't we don't get sold out movies. Like we were talking about going to see the Batman, and I'm like, we could just go Sunday. It won't be fucking sold out. We could just buy tickets and go. Which, by the way, it, it is the fastest three hours you'll ever see. Well, I heard everybody saying they wished it was six hours. I, I okay. walked out of there and I was like, can this be eight? Like, I need, like, fucking five more. But, which, yeah, I'm not going to get into that because I, I will cry that I'm not seeing it right now. As we yeah, speak. we're going to, we'll talk about it uh, yeah. for sure. Because um, I honestly, honestly was getting bribed to go see it tonight. And I'm like, nope, got to, got to. I haven't seen my, my, my podcast fam in a while, and we're... Oh, we're glad to have you here. Discuss, well, yeah, I, I miss you guys. I love you guys. I'm like, we but, missed you. Know, you. Uh, yes. No, it's, it's been a... It's, hopefully soon everything's going to be going back to normal. You, you guys know what's going on, so, you know. Well, I would like to bring up just really quickly, um, the beginning quote that I did yeah. was the cameo from Takashi Miike. If you haven't listened to Erica and I's Ghouls Night Out on Audition, we are both very big Takashi Miike fans. Takashi Miike became a fan, of, a friend of Quentin Tarantino's, and mm. you know because Quentin just really loved his shit, and you know so of course Quentin was able to because Quentin literally said, and I quote to Eli because Eli Roth, you know I guess okay here's the setup, you know um, Quentin saw Cabin Fever and was really impressed with this Eli Roth guy invited him over, and they were talking and he's like well what are you gonna do next he's like I don't fucking know. Eli was like basically like I don't fucking know. He's like, but I have this idea, and he told him the idea for the premise of Hostel, and Quentin and I quote said, "That's the sickest fucking idea I've ever heard. Fuck it, <laughs> do it low budget. This could be your Takashi Miike film." And I love that. I love that he said that. I love that the the love that he has for Takashi Miike, which you know. Fans of, of the, the Last Drive-In, we've seen a couple Takashi Miike films there. We're going to be, we've already, uh, Eric and I have done Audition, but we will be doing some more Takashi Miike films. Like, this is the torture porn guy, the extreme guy of ja uh, Japan, you know, J-horror. And um, he's just so fucking impressive. He can do the most sick and depraved horror movies, but he can do, like, really great shit. Like, he's, he's, he's the Quentin Tarantino of Japan. So I thought it was really cool that, uh, Takashi Miike and Quentin Tarantino got to be friends, and I love his cameo in this. So you know, I I did maybe butcher it, but you know, um, that was that was a, a joy for me, um, because I just love his work, and I love that Quentin Tarantino was like, yeah, fuck it, do it. That's fucking sick. I love it. And then you know, he went on to produce the film, like I said, and and to get Takashi Miike, who's you know who doesn't have great English as you can tell in the film, but it works because we have all these these people from around the world which we see are men um paying you know like they're all rich and they you know just like the one guy that gets really pumped up when um paxton's trying to escape and he's like man you know pussy's pussy and you know i fucked everything last chick i fucked i don't remember the color of her tits were and i'm like okay um eli better writing better writing or flesh color hopefully yeah yeah i i hope <laughs> i really do but who knows but he's like you know that's easy to get but here's something that's really exciting, and I've never done it. You know, I've been all around the world, and he's like, what should I do? Should I just go in there with a gun, do it quick? And Paxton's like, uh, do it quick. And he's like, no, I'm going medieval. <laughs> so when that guy gets it, I'm like, yeah. But yeah, so, mm -hmm. but we see that they're mainly men, and I thought that was an interesting little note, that most of these elite hunters are men. 
and Takashi Miike was one like you could spend all your money in there. <laughs> so, um, Dave Crystal. Well, I thought what you were just touching. I thought it was interesting how, like in the second film, you were saying how the uh, the elite hunting club gets fleshed out more. What I found terrifying in this film was that it doesn't get fleshed out. It's just sort of this faceless group. In fact, and and when the uh, Dutch businessman is talking to uh, Josh. Yeah. About why he's doing, he's saying he wanted to be a surgeon, but he couldn't because his hands shake. And you think, okay, I'm getting some insight. But then when you meet this American dude that Candy was just talking about, he's got a completely different reason for doing this. He, he's been around the world. He's fucked everything. He's done everything. He wants some new, uh, some new experience, some new uh, input. A new thrill. And, and, and that he makes it, so there's no, there's not even any consistency in why people are doing this. Why some rich person men obviously would but do I this. And I think that's a real thing. I think that would be actually how it would be. Which, which, which is why it's terrifying because it doesn't have to be, there doesn't have to be a specific sort of unifying reason why we're doing this. Everyone's got their own reason to be the worst person you can possibly imagine. I found that even more terrifying than getting sort of a story behind the uh, club. I don't need to know like the leader of the club and why and why. The fact that these guys are all doing these, this, the worst thing you can imagine, and they're doing it for their own reason. It's not even a single reason. They're doing it for their own reasons. It's it sort of a even, recurring theme for those even... of us who watch Squid Game. It's Think like, about it's like, it's like people's yeah. lives. It's We're like fun. these guys, Absolutely. it's like these two different men find themselves doing the worst thing you can imagine for their own personal reasons. It's just terrifying to me. Mm -hmm. I like how when we saw, <laughs> when we were watching this last night, and we saw the elite, uh, the elite hunting logo tattooed on the guy. I looked at Dave and I was like, what is that? A kidney stone? And he was like, how's a kidney stone? He's like, how's a kidney stone on the outside of the body? And I was like, the tattoo is the tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just tell you, if somebody's had many kidney stones, eventually they are outside your body. But the goal of a kidney stone is to get it outside. been through. <laughs> but you know but for me i didn't realize it until like the the business card popped up later i didn't realize it was a fucking basset town but you know a kidney stone would probably be cooler but Dave's over here like how's a kidney stone on the outside of the body and i'm like the tattoo why would a kidney stone be cooler <laughs> it's the, the worst pain you've ever had yeah I, as somebody who's had surgery had a right kidney fail and right. had many kidney stones it's I can horrible. tell you that's some horrible shit. And yes, I've given birth twice. Yes, badass. But yeah, that tattoo was horrible. Like whoever, whoever put that on that man's arm and did that temporary tattoo, they should be ashamed of themselves. Well, and clearly <laughs> it was it was a rite of passage for everybody who did it, you know, that you had to get the tattoo. And he's like, oh, let right. me see yours. And he's like, it uh. Looked, but that man's tattoo looked horrible. Like, dude. And why really? a basset hound? Right, why a bastard? The bloodhound, right? So. They're bloodhounds, yeah, they're bloodhounds. Yeah, yeah, but still, like, I guess that makes sense. The, the Dude, hound. Chihuahua, Chihuahua didn't come up first. Chihuahuas are terrible. Chihuahuas are fucking Sorry, mean. That would be yeah. <laughs> they're fucking mean. Anyway, uh, Nico's hands up. So I was gonna kind of touch on what Erica said earlier and what Dave was kind of talking about. Remember this? This came out around the time when, like, right around when when bum fights was a thing. You remember that? Mm, uh, yeah. Was a yeah. So like this, this kind of goes into like like the sick fucking like you know darker elements of of human nature where we were paying homeless not us but like people were paying homeless i would never fucking like what tattoo bum fights on their fucking forehead and, and get into fights and crap on the street and 
giving them like a dollar and then whooping their ass and like that that was kind of I, I think that was also the basis of this film too a lot of it because mm-hmm. and even well, that yeah. was that 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 life, thing, like they, they actually had videos of that where they were paint like paintball hunting like bikini clad girls in the woods. I remember working at Suncoast and selling this shit and being like, Why why are we selling this? Because yeah. people yeah. there's and even me, like I have like no filter. I have like no you know, and I have <laughs> but I have morals. And I have, yes, that part, man. I, I have that's about it. About you know bum I mean? fights. Yeah, and like that, but that American was American Dad when did was, a thing about bum fights. But that's that's around the time when when this was out. Remember, like that was that was like the whole expose on. on remember, it, it actually they ended up getting sued, didn't they? Like the the creators. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Also, around the time too that we would get like what then to go back to Sean's porno talk, we get like what the girls gone wild the commercials at like three o'clock in the morning, and that that's Ugh. also kind mm-hmm. of that's so gross. But, she, but, but, but that, Jay can I? Jay Hernandez's character Paxton kind of looks like the guy who runs Girls Gone Wild. Right. Right. He does yeah, have a serious, yeah, like yeah. The ultimate a dude, bro. Yeah, yo he bro. even has Eli Ross haircut. I I commented on. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, but it wasn't as good. Yeah, and in one of those opening cafe uh, coffee house scenes, Eli Ross in the background sitting at, you know, who at the stone, table, do, being dude, yeah. bro, with that fucking movie star hair, <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah, I, don't, I just I just remember like that that bomb fights was a big thing, at the, but it also kind of ties in with the shit that happens in this film because we we were we were watching. I mean, I, I, unfortunately, I was watching it because somebody would come to my house and like, oh, let's watch this, and I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, what really? What the fuck is this? Well, I mean, like, this, shit ain't, this shit ain't fun. If you look at if you look at the films that Eli Roth's done, Cabin Fever, this it, it it's he he always does like that whole culture shock thing where it's like you know like within cabin fever it was like you know uh urban meets rural and in this one it's you know west meets east like you know americans you know are in slovakia and you know when 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 they're at the the hunting club americans are the most expensive yeah, yeah. You know? uh, by a margin, by a <laughs> huge margin. Yeah, I thought, is this American arrogance, or is he just implying that the rest of the world hates us so much that they're willing to pay more? Yeah, I think it's both. Very quickly, but I think when it's I posted both. on Instagram today, to watch us suffer is worth more. A yeah. fan, a fan of the show said, "I, I was like, what do you think of Hostel?" And he said, "This is, it's a movie about American arrogance." Yeah, right, no, I think it's it both. I think it's both, Erica. I think you, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. I think it's both. I think it's <laughs> American arrogance and how everybody else views us. I, I think Eli Roth has said that too. Yeah. Uh, because Slovakia had such, uh, they, they were so pissed off about how uh, the country is portrayed in this this movie. And Eli was like, no, 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 no. It's not about your country. It's more about mm-hmm. how Americans uh, are, you know, kind of view themselves. They were clueless and view the world. Yeah, yeah. and I, and I think he our playground. Like we we, yeah. we have our money and we're gonna go there. We I can do what the fuck. I can fuck anybody. I can, you know. I can buy whatever I want. So Mike, so do we feel sorry for Paxton at any point in this? No, not <laughs> really. Right? No, no. I don't see. This is why like the second one is superior because like you actually feel for those girls. And what, and what but isn't that the point of this film that we don't feel for Patrick because he is the dude, bro? He is the one he wants to fuck every European chick because hey, I they're feel just bad European about Josh. Chick, 
Yeah, yeah, and, and he's the one who goes first, which is interesting, right? The one you actually mm -hmm. have some sympathy for is the one who goes first, and we get stuck with Paxton, who we kind of hate <laughs> at the beginning. He, he, I guess he gets a little bit sympathetic because he does go back for the girl with the uh, popsicle eyeball. But, and I gotta uh, tell you very quickly, um, I'm sorry, before I forget, my brother lives in Japan, and, mm -hmm. you know, there's times where we're talking um, through Facebook Messenger because it's very expensive to text um, back and forth from Japan. So we talk on there, and he'll be like, oh, no, my tray isn't delayed again. Somebody else threw themselves in front of it, and they're hosing it off. And I'm like, oh, and God. all I ever picture is Ooh. fucking hostile. But oh, it's yeah. actually a very Japanese thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, I mean, for me personally, I was like, why couldn't every character in this film just jump in front of a train? Like, that would have <laughs> saved me <laughs> so much time. But, but I can say the part that I like the most about all of this torture, torture scenes that they show and that I got excited about when they showed showed them and i was like dave they've got all the pliers lined up and they've got all <laughs> they've got all all of the tools they've got them categorized she knew, the, she knew the names of most of them <laughs> yes that was oh was dave like, looks yeah. like he's about to cry yeah <laughs> i was like oh they're all together i, I, I slept in the bathroom <laughs> last night he lied <laughs> ironically I, and i just want to kind of touch on what sean said real quick too um because I have friends that live at the National Candy so you like your brothers, your family lives, you know. We were the laughing stock for how long during the past four, before, you know, we got, we got a people washed up and whatever. piece of shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes, we've like, been a laughing stock. We were the laughing stock for the past four fucking years because it's of embarrassing. That. I know. And, and again, but then again, it all it also proved like like your point of the fucking hubris of America. Even now during a fucking <laughs> pandemic, like you know, hostel's gonna tie in with this somehow because it is. It proves like Americans' hubris. Like they really think like they're fucking like superior to including a fucking virus. Like, well, yeah, they just know. loosened up the um. You know, they just sent us a, a message like, Same oh, here. with yeah. Ash, like, oh, you don't have to wear a mask on the bus. I'm like, Ash, wear a mask on the bus. Yeah, yeah please like, wear the mask. You guys will see. My so, like, kids like, wear their masks and they're good about it. Well, when you guys are here from Monster Mania, like they <clears> they've <throat> also loosened the the mask restrictions here too for everything. But I still wear a mask just to just like you know whatever. But, I'm immunocompromised. I can't fuck around. Right, same. Right. And, but but again, ironically, and even like that stupid movie fucking Don't Look Up also proves, like, all this ties in with Hostile, too. It proves that Americans are fucking arrogant and fucking stupid. Yeah, the when most you, American think thing about, about the mask controversy was the, the scientists are trying to explain to us, well, you know, you're not even protecting yourself as much as you're protecting others. And even that holds no sway with Americans. Fuck yeah. it's not not them. They don't give I a don't, fuck. I don't care if it's protecting others. Don't tell me what to do. It's like, what the fuck? You're infringing like, on my rights. Like, this is the same thing. They were, trying, they were trying to explain to us, you're protecting others by wearing the mask. And that's like not science, good enough. bitch. Welcome to healthcare. <laughs> but also, too, like, I don't want to come more off. American than that. I almost come off like I'm, like, because I, I love being American. I love living in America. I love this country. I do. But, yeah. but I but I don't like the fact that like, you know, these fucking idiots really feel like while well, you're in I love not, America. It's, I'm not crazy it's about common a lot sense. Of I'm right. Yeah, right. I like it's America just, and not America. It's all about it common it's, it's it's common sense. That's really all it is that like we're asking for. We're not asking We we about. lack that a lot in the one hundred percent. And this is why like we're at the mercy of literally fucking everything be, because of that. Yeah, what we which, say, which goes back to the beginning, which is what Eli Roth is portraying here. These these American dude exactly. bros over there in Europe, this, this shows that. right, and they get they get 
kind of what's coming to them, don't they? We don't even really if, feel sorry Even for them. if you want to go far yeah. back to American Werewolf, the same, I know it's my favorite, whatever, to Americans, of, and, and David thinks he knows fucking everything in London. He, he still doesn't fucking, you know what I mean? Like, he's, again... <laughs> hubris. The naked American hubris. Like, <laughs> they should have called Hostel Hubris, and I think it would have made more, more sense for the for the title of the fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just texted uh, Andre Iskanov to ask him his opinion of this movie. He says it should have been called Capitalism Gone Wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. He, he's always uh, astute with his. his yeah, but I, as far as like the dumb American behavior, it, I like this little touch. So when they meet that. Um, that guy was it uh, Alex with the mole on his upper lip? Oh yeah, Alex. Uh, yeah, that, where he's talking about well that because of the war there's all these women and there aren't that many men left. It's like well there wasn't a war in Slovakia, but it's like the guys just buy into this because Americans don't know world events that because, right. Uh, they they no appeal to they, he appeals to their visual sense. Like look at me with all these <laughs> hot naked chicks. Uh-huh. And they're like, ooh, I've got a boner. I want to fuck those chicks. And 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 it grosses one of the things that grossed me out the most is that. Oli and Paxton are fucking the same chick at the same time. Oh, yeah, and, like, fucking, like, high-fiving, <laughs> like, doing the Eiffel Tower. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. yeah I was yeah. like, they like just fist bump while they're running a train on this bitch? Oh. God, well, if... well, then oh. they send in Josh afterwards to take their sloppy seconds, and right. it's like, oh, no one... And I he's mean... all like, you know, <laughs> she looks through the door, he's fucking gone. Me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, right. see, and so what that tells me is that he has a little bit of self-respect. Uh-huh. You know, like, and he's why we actually give die. a fuck about Josh. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. And I also had a thing, and I'll get to you in, in, in just a second, Erica. This is my last little interjection. Oh, sure. But sure. I'm like, it's so weird. And, and I mean, I know probably many people in our little chat room right now have done this, but not me because I'm, I'm fucking weird. But like, um, they're all having sex in the same room, making eye contact and shit. Is that gross or weird to anyone okay, well, else besides uh, me? True, true story. It, it's it, weird to me. It, but... I did it once, and it was fucking, like, really well, Okay, well, Sean has a story, too, don't you? <laughs> I know your story. Wow. Don't make me tell him. I was like, I do? What well, because I said this? something when we were watching it, and he was like, well, it is kind of weird. And I'm like... Oh, she, so <laughs> she doesn't know the story. She's just assuming that I have a story. I, I, you think you haven't told me that? Go ahead, sir. It's your turn. Let's hear about it. No, no, now you're making me feel really fucking uncomfortable. No, I think a lot of people had sex with the other people in the room. It's just not me, not this girl. No, it it happened to me once, and there was no one in the room at the time, and then all of a sudden everybody came into the room, and it was like... Did you keep fucking? It's called a surprise party. It's called it's called performance anxiety. (laughs) I I, I kept going. Oh come on, no! I didn't. I didn't. (laughs) Well, good for you. Good. Well, because the one the one was my girlfriend. She walked in, and I was like, "Wait!" I'm like, "Get out!" I'm like, "Wait, you you've been there. All right, whatever." Whatever. I'm like, I'm like, just just say what you're gonna say, and we're having a party from from my ex when we were when we were together, and. I was, you know, getting getting some cheeks and fucking like they they walked in. They kept walking in my room like what getting the fuck? some cheeks. And then when yeah, I was clapping <laughs> cheeks. And then you know when fucking she walked in, oh, I was the, like the well, door didn't have a lock. I'm like this yeah, okay. that, that was, that was my locked, because no I was, one is I was around. drunk. She was drunk. Whatever, it just happened. Someone came in the room. I'd be like, this party is over. Yeah, no, party's over. My situation was like I lived in an apartment with like four or five other guys. 
dragon was, sound over here. And there was no one, no one was home at the time. And then all of a sudden, everyone was home at the time. Oh and they God. all just came in and sat down on the fucking couch. And they're holding up scorecards like the Russian judge 8.0. Right. Like, yeah. Like, uh, like trying to hold conversations with me. And I'm just like, I can't No, uh, This isn't happening. That's a boner killer. And I don't even get boners. Anyway, um, we've segued a lot. Uh, Erica, let's hear what we do. Okay. So, yeah, now it's really going to be on a different topic. But I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about... Um, like how controversial this film was and all the shit that a lot of critics gave it. The whole torture porn label, for example, which I fucking hate that label. I think it's stupid. Eli it's Roth a- hates it too. Yeah, I, I noticed that he didn't like that either. But okay, so if you're looking for another good resource on that, there is, see, this is like what I wanted to write when I was first seeing movies like Hostel and Saw and when I did my um, honors thesis, which was grant funded, woohoo, money for watching yeah. horror films. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Um, like there, there weren't any other academic articles or books about this because it was such a new genre. So I, I just had to do my own analysis on it. And then of course, after I'm done with it, well, then this book comes out a few years later. It's called Torture Porn by Steve Jones, um, and it's an expensive but fantastic book. This guy does this Noam Chomsky-like dissection of these films, um, also defining what what was meant by torture, what's meant by porn, like does this term even really fit these movies? And he also gets into um, accusations against uh, some of these movies that they're misogynists or that they uh, glorify violence against women and he like does like kill counts uh like uh nudity counts for men you know male versus female characters and it's like women are actually not victimized more than men in these films um so yeah it's, it's kind of like the same um moral panic that surrounded slasher films back when those were a new thing that um surrounded movies like i spit on your grave and it's like these movies didn't really deserve the controversy that they got yeah, but one interesting to say that i spit on your grave glorified rape and i'm like oh, it does the exact like, opposite no, of that it is not it, exactly it. it's um, uncomfortable most people can't sit through it yeah, I know. It's like, yeah, there's nothing sexy about that movie at all. Um, one thing that's kind of interesting, though, like the later chapters in this get into more like extreme horror and hardcore horror, which, if anything, deserves the torture porn label. It's those movies, but not these movies that got like a widespread theatrical release. Right. So he's like, while critics were having their moral panic over Hostel and similar movies, <clears throat> excuse me, um, there was this whole underground movement of movies that were truly extreme you know like august underground uh films and slaughtered vomit dolls and yeah like it's like ugh, i don't really recommend either of those series to be honest and i have did, watched all of it. did you say slaughtered vomit dolls yes yeah, so yeah and that <laughs> that that's yes like she a, did four movies in that <clears throat> series directed by lucifer valentine and lucifer uh, valentine oh well that it that answers it all thank you it, it does explain a lot so yeah this is definitely like a little but i mean these movies are literally pornographic there's hardcore sex in them um the director is very open about his own fetish which we wish it were as benign as tarantino's fetish um lucifer valentine is turned on by uh watching people vomit oh my god 
So there is gratuitous oh. vomiting in these movies, people puking into skulls, drinking it, vomiting back up again, like back Modition and forth. It's, like, <clears throat> it's very, yeah, it's very unpleasant to watch like it's not my thing <laughs> and, and here i am i feel like a gigantic pussy because i watched jackass forever finally on sunday and i couldn't watch the final stunt with the vomitron because oh, I, 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 just... I i i can't see that well some people oh, well, like their gag reflex goes off and they see when they see people puke i don't have that but i'm one of those people when i see people cry i cry oh yeah i i do have that, that yeah. gag reflex. if i'm seeing people like vomit or worse like they're eating their own vomit again then i was like sitting there like <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, like yeah. what's, what's his name doesn't he puke a lot lance lance the cameraman in that movie does he, oh, he yeah. Like, oh yeah and, and his mask no less too he which does. real quick total side note and i know it's not and i'm sorry you can take this out i laughed the fucking hardest on my friends the two when fucking preston shed his pants during, yeah during we laughed pretty was, hard at that that, yeah. that that was it i laughed like and i laughed at the home but that was the one because of how sincere he was and he kept saying he's like i shit my pants he goes like i just shit my pants i'm like what like i'm 40 something years old or, yeah. no, he's like i'm 50 i shit my pants Oops. <laughs> I was laughing it so happens hard. i guess sorry i had it I, I, I had it i'm just really funny i'm sorry as a nurse, you wouldn't believe what i've seen people eat i can only imagine oh man i bet yeah, watching my cat eat his vomit because I have to. Beans loves to eat Ew. vomit. Oh, like Brenda will throw up, and Beans will eat it. And I'm like, yeah, you're fucking gross, dude. You're not the fucking Hoover for the vomit. I will clean it. Please stop. <laughs> you don't need to eat it. It's okay. Um, I wanted to say something really quick about the pornography part. Um, <laughs> that Erica was talking about with the term torture porn it's for the you know there are people who really do get their rocks off like that but they mm -hmm. know they do have like i will they know that they're not allowed this is not okay in society but mm -hmm. watching it gives them a gratification that you know is, is similar to being turned on and you know because there are people like fucking danzig's really open about it like bound fucking women torturing them you know he doesn't actually do it but he he, he fucking digs it I mean, he's written about it in, yeah. in that terrible movie, Veronica. Um, oh, I hate that movie. It's oh, so God, terrible. everybody hates that movie. Uh, I love Danzig in Misfits, and I like Danzig, mm -hmm. some of his solo shit before it started to suck. But it's like, he's a fucked up guy, but he's one of those people. The torture is the porn. It's not mm. about, like, there, we have porn in this, and there is torture. It's the fact that the torture is exciting to a lot of people, people who you pass on the street would never think. You know, it's it's much more embarrassing than, like, say, a foot fetish or something that's probably garden variety. These are people that enjoy this shit, wish probably in some fantasies when they're jerking off or whatever the fuck they're doing. Or when they're having sex, they're thinking about this shit. These people exist. And... Well, yeah, there's that Army Hammer scandal, too. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. No. You know, I'm, I'm going to call myself out real quick because I don't care because we're, we're very open on the show. Yes, that well, you know, that's and, what and, we I, and do. I think I think that's what a lot of people love about the fact that we are very open. That is what they like. Every, everybody talks about all like these fetish. I feel like I'm so fucking vanilla with. with, with <laughs> I, honestly, like I don't, I don't they, like. I they don't always say everybody has a kink, and it may be just a garden variety know. kink. Maybe I mean I don't know. Like I, I don't know. I don't, I really don't. I don't have like a. What do they call it? The baby fetish? Like I, that? That's not you know. Like, oh where, god, like, you, no! Ew. You know what I'm talking about? Where like the, the grown, you know, they dress. Like, no, I would totally get in a diaper for you. 
that's that that's a whole another episode (laughs) but no like i mean i don't get like the whole like like choking thing i don't i don't understand that like honestly and i'm not if they listen if they listen whatever like i have a lot of you know girls that'll that'll talk to me on social media through you know through through dms and shit and they'll they'll tell me things like i'm a total cum slut and i don't i'm like i'm like what (laughs) the fuck what the fuck we woo we woo yeah and i'm like oh okay um gotta 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 you know well i mean tell me our last our last (laughs) conversation where i was talking about you know i i let myself get whipped because i thought maybe that's a kink i have found out i didn't but you know i because i was like you know i'm so weird sexually like i'm an asexual on the spectrum and so i was like maybe i'm into that no i'm not no, and this this ties in with hostile because out. like this 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 also kind of has like like that kink like fetish you know, kind of vo- voyeuristic, mm-hmm. it, you know that that whole thing with this. But like, like I hear all these stories, and I'm just like, damn, I'm, I must be like the most boring person. In the no, world. actually, most people are are happy with just chill shit, you know. Yeah. You know, I, I yeah, I don't know. But there like, are a lot of deviant motherfuckers out there. And I had, right, you know, I, I, I'm not prude either. It's just. I, I had a finger slipped in my bum once, and it was the most horrible experience. I'm of my sorry life. I did that. I, I just. <laughs> I warned you. I'm sorry. I Where was you. I? I was there, probably your, in the room making eye contact with you while you did it. There, there's Nico's your got some big hands to lose. Look shit. at those. Look at those knuckles. They, Jesus oh, Christ. There's your no, opening never. quote. There's your opening quote for this. That's it. There it is. That, I need my mom. Quote. He's got some big knuckles. The whole fist knock. <laughs> I, 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 did, I, did porn I, I did get stopped at your airport through TSA for you know other stuff too. No, was it showed up? Showed up on the X-ray. It's always a dildo, never your dildo. Right. <laughs> I, I, well, what it was, I, I real, real quick, I had um, this is like right at the start of like the pandemic. Prince before, Albert. Before no no, I don't, I don't have, no. I mean, you'll talk about how big your boobs are. <laughs> I guess I can be honest. They talk about so, how big my boobs are. I I would never. I, I can't get. The, it's it's too thick to get pierced. So there's there's no way. Uh, I'm just. I'm just your clit. Yeah. My, my Some of us actually have our clit pierced. Thank you. So no. So I put on hand sanitizer, you know, and then went through TSA. Through, through, through the checkout in Indianapolis where this happened, okay? Because I was going out there. Doesn't first, surprise but... me. And it went off because it said that I had an explosive device on my hands. <laughs> so they're, whatever, like, they're like, what did you do? And I'm like, I used hand sanitizer in the fucking bathroom. But when they looked on the x-ray, my, my shit was showing in the x-ray. They were like, well, what is that? My dick? And That's I'm my like, dick. I'm like, that. I actually had to get pulled and get searched. <laughs> in Indianapolis... Airport. And the TSA guy still sends you birthday cards, doesn't he? He, he fucking yeah. And then I got patted he up. And he's, like, he's like, he's like, what's this? And I'm like, that's me. He's like, oh, okay. They went <laughs> through my fucking my bag. Later. Wait, they went through my fucking bag. I had a Star Wars book with me, and he got tried to like totally make it on. Con- he's like, oh, so how, how's how's this? I'm I'm reading it now, so I'm like, no, the fuck you're not. I'm like, you just you just had your, your, a handful of my shit in your hand, dude. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> oh, God, you're really gonna try to segue with fucking Star Wars? I mean, like, I'm, it worked for me. <laughs> for um. And then I went to your house and fingered showing up as bomb. So. Well, yeah, yeah. That was, <laughs> made eye contact, made it weird. Um, 
No, I think maybe that is my kink, is getting pierced. Uh, mm. I have a lot of piercings. But the reason I don't keep all of them in, I've been starting to, like, put them back in a little bit. Uh, it's because I have I've had so many surgeries, and you have to they basically give you this sheet. I know Crystal knows what I'm talking about. Before you have to go into surgery, and you have to mark where all your piercings are. Exactly. And oh, yeah. when you start going below the belt, they're like, um. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, but when I was in the hospital, they let me keep the septum, and they they didn't want to take it out. Well, if, well, I mean, they're, they're, when you go into surgery, because of the, the what they use, you have to remove all the metal. You can't oh, wear your okay. rings. I can't wear my wedding rings or anything because I I've had I had surgery last year, but like I'd had to start marking all my piercings. They're like, oh my god, she's she's we're past twenty, she's, and I'm down below the belt. <laughs> And and so maybe that's my kink because I just like getting pierced. But yeah, I had some I've had some crazy piercings. So that's my weird, um, embarrassing story. Yeah. Well, the other like, embarrassing you, you that. the other embarrassing story is you editing this episode because holy fuck, uh, it's good stuff. We've like barely talked about the movie. What movie? There were, we a do movie? that a yeah, lot. No. Oh my god! I'm <laughs> oh, talking about getting fingers up your all. ass. I'm like what? I just got this is what this is why this is why I stay up Thursday night for this shit right here. Hell yeah, fingers <laughs> in the bomb. <laughs> and... This is why I'm here. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, and I'm gonna say this: this is why people like our show because yeah. we're not like other shows. They're gonna sit there and analyze the movie and talk about what critics said, and we're gonna sit here talk about it and then talk about our own personal stories. And they say you feel like my fucking friends. And, and what what Crystal doesn't know is that Dave has a foot fetish. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's so hard to keep it on the raptor. <laughs> he waits till you're asleep and peels those socks off. You know how hard it is mm. to sock. Oh, no, no, no. If he touched <laughs> my socks, seriously, he touched my socks, it would be like one and done. He would be missing feet. Uh, uh, teeth. Because, like, even. <laughs> yes. Or teeth, feet, feet, whatever. You can't ask me when I'm asleep. My daughter tried to tickle it. my foot to wake me up <laughs> one time. And I'm very ticklish. And I launched her across the room asleep. And I woke up and she's over there crying. I'm like, what happened? She's like, you kicked me. And I'm like. You shouldn't have touched my fucking feet. Yeah, if you know, my yeah. socks even get like slightly twisted in my sleep. Yeah. Like I'm awake and I'm like fixing them and like. Uh, and, uh, and at my age, you know how hard it is to suck on your own toes. It's very <laughs> difficult. Well, I'm flexible. You know, the irony flexible. of all of this is that this all actually does tie in with this fucking movie. It does. You're actually, you're actually right. Right. There's, there's, really there's the irony in the fucking thing. See, so, We're not so really thanks, thanks, Eli Roth. And I, I can see Erica's, Erica's brain smoking over there. Yes. So, so yeah, Go the ahead. topic of uh, paraphilias um, and the fact that the, the, the elite hunting clients are criminal sexual sadists. Like a lot of the stuff in this movie does fit pretty well with actual FBI research about criminal sectatus. Most of them are uh, fairly like high class or like upper, upper middle class or better because if you're going to act out those fantasies and if you're into human captivity and uh, creepy non-consensual shit like what's in this movie, you need a lot of time, money, resources and space to make that happen. I think that so if this was a real thing, and it could possibly be, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it would have high class clientele. I mean, that's oh, why absolutely. you would afford it. You and hear that QAnon? You hear that <laughs> yeah. QAnon? Yeah. So yeah, there's there's some like globalist elites who are yeah. like buying people on the black market to do in, terrible shit to them in the Republican Party. Well, although too, and I'm uh, yeah. you're probably with this movie too. Remember um, <laughs> exactly. sur surviving the game with iced tea. 
Yeah, I love that movie. movie. I love that. Yeah, movie. yeah see that that predates that this, but I mean, you know, and again, there were still other movies before this. Like, what was the one? Uh, the, the uh, well, that was kind of based the on the most dangerous, dangerous, game. dangerous, dangerous game, game of all. Which, okay. Yeah, which is a really old story, and there's been a million versions of it. They, yeah, I think mm -hmm. Hostel is also a version of of those stories as well. I yeah. think so. Yeah, and, that, and that's also life. yeah. I meant to mention most dangerous game before because that's also an elite hunting concept. It's it's this rich guy who has his own island and he's bored with and there's been normal. So yeah, he's bored. Yeah, wasn't there a dude up in Alaska who really did that? He like took there was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. yeah. I can't remember the guy's name, but yeah, he uh, turned these women like loose naked in the snow and gave them a running head start and then shot them down like like they were elk or something. Sounds like the deer hunter. And then, and then yeah. Sean just produced that other movie, The Hunt, not so long ago. That was kind of oh, like that's the, a fun movie. The well, new yes, movie. yes, I have. It's on my list. There's, that actually um, is a fun movie for what it was. It's a fun movie. <laughs> Uh, MSC3K did Bloodlust, which was their version of the most yes, I actually right. like that fucking oh, movie. I like that good, fucking movie. That's an overlooked episode. That is an overlooked episode. No, not by <laughs> me. Not by this girl. Not by I love that episode. That's a good one. Erica? That was yeah. Robert Hansen. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, think I, had to, I had to look it up. I knew the name sounded familiar, but I was like, fuck, who was it? But he had to fly them out to his like personal like his land. He, he would put them in his Cessna fly them out there and then and then hunt them it, yeah well, but the one the one in some kind of i forgot how the one girl got away who turned him and she she was really brilliant somehow i know she pretended to be dead or something it was really it's an interesting story i mean interesting horrible story but yeah yeah oh it, it, it's it's funny how we wind up talking about the real things that people have done to each other we started out with hostile so much well, scarier than right and we wind up talking about like the real shit but dave done to each other. but dave that's full circle to what you were talking about how you can watch something like dawn of the dead and see somebody get ripped apart and it doesn't phase you but then you watch something like this yeah. and it, well, and it affects you of reality and, and it's and it's and, 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 and i think real. and i think maybe while i why i was desensitized to this is because i've been in like into true crime for so long that I'm I don't, used I don't fuck to, with true crime. I'm used to the depravity of humanity, you know? And so, yeah, I can watch something like, you know, Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead where it's, you know, these fictional characters, these zombies or mm -hmm. whatever that are ripping people apart. And, you know, that's all fun and, you know, enjoyable. But the reality is that humans do this shit to each other on a daily mm -hmm. basis and whether, have throughout time whether it be you know a, a singular event like a murder or through the chaos of war what's going you know, on right now with you know with russia and the what's ukraine. what's going on in ukraine with russia yeah i mean it's it is it, we have done this since time immemorial you know I mean, this that's is sociology 101 right there yeah mm -hmm. this is this is this is human history right here and in our humans, DNA. humans do this to one another. We just choose to look the other way, you know? And so we find, we find our pleasure in watching zombies do it or watching masked, you know, murderers do it. Um, and I, I highly recommend, there was a documentary, it's not on Shudder anymore, but seek it out. It's called Why Horror. It goes into the psychology uh, mm -hmm. and the sociology of why. That was of really life. good why we choose and it's, it's a subject that i wanted to write a paper on but this, this documentary is fantastic and why we choose to use this as entertainment 
and how you know they were reading like the brain waves of a non-horror fan watching it and a horror fan watching it and how the different you know uh pleasure sensors and, and and different things would go up in the brain so if you haven't seen a documentary seek it out it's really really fucking good um and on that note i think it's time for sean shitty reviews yay um crystal it's <laughs> my attempt at like disco music in europe but i liked it it was good wow that was a new one that was a new <laughs> one i wasn't ready I for it. that <laughs> Um, so we are doing something very different tonight. Um, in my research for Sean Shitty Reviews, as you know, like I usually pull five, ten different reviews for this. I have one. Oh, really? Ow! And it is a long one. This is one. the one time I actually knew about it. It is a long yeah. one. You have a one and done. I have a one and done. Hit it or hey, quit what? it. And <laughs> this guy wrote this thing very well. So <clears throat> bear with me. Um, <laughs> save all of your comments till the end. Um, because it I'll is keep going... my stupid comments in my pocket. It may it may take me a second to get through this. Um yeah. Keep all arms and legs inside the ride to the end. And that's right. Lock your tray tables. Um, <laughs> this is from Anonymous Maxine. This is a one star. And it starts out, Liberate tutte me es inferis. <laughs> now, if my repeated viewings of Event Horizon have taught me correctly, the yeah. above statement, translated from Latin means save yourself from hell. By hell, of course, I mean the horrendous experience of watching this unbelievably bad movie. <laughs> and by save yourself, of course, I mean for God's sakes, don't watch it. One out of ten is about ten times too high. Dear Mr. Roth, listen, keep my nine dollars, you prick. Just give me back my 95 minutes, my dignity, my respect for horror movies. You have stolen from me. I happen to believe in the theory that whenever you see someone tied to a chair in a movie, you have a screenwriter that ran out of ideas. Following that logic, this movie never had a thought in its head from the very beginning. I have to admit that in the first act, I was positively beaming at the screen. I was so interested in where this film was going parentheses, because the sexual element and an accompanying feeling that the movie was not going to cop out and go where every other horror movie involving sex went. Had I taken two seconds to see that this movie was directed by the same jerk-off who defecated Cabin Fever into theaters a couple years ago, I would have known not to watch it in the first place. But sadly, I just checked the movie times and went out and paid $9 to be tortured through my eyes for an hour and a half. This movie seems to have been hugely popular, popular at the Toronto International Film Festival. I can only theorize that the people who wrote glowing reviews on the IMDb are either closet sociopaths or were simply starstruck that the director was there talking about his film 
pretending it wasn't the revolting sludge that it is. I promise you, this is one of the absolute worst films of any kind that I've ever seen. Some Americans go to Amsterdam for drugs and sex, as Americans are wont to do, like it or not, and are advised to go to a certain hostel in Slovakia where beautiful women will just pounce on them. They find this to be startling true, until the girls drug them, big guys come take them down into their dungeon and strap them into chairs in separate rooms, and for $25,000, rich people can come in and torture them and kill them in any way that they think. Directed by American, by the way. Of course, you can't really claim that the movie is racist against Americans, because you can buy access to other ethnicities as well for a substantially lower price. One creative individual decides to save some money and just go for a Japanese girl rather than an expensive American. And he proceeds to blowtorch her face until one of her eyes bulge out of its sockets and hangs down her cheek. Our hero has managed to escape his own torture, shoot and kill his tormentor, and goes into the room and shoots the guy torturing her, then displays a massive surge of brilliant intelligence by apologetically cutting off her eyeball, sending white pus down her cheek, and then tries to get her out of there. Do you mean to tell me that you find this trash entertaining? My God. When the movie thankfully ended, I have never in my life felt the urge so strongly to find the manager and demand my money back. The film is that sick and that twisted and utterly without redeeming value. I am absolutely baffled at the people who praise this movie on IMDb. The thing is so disgusting and so cheap and so stupid and so sick that it blows my mind that there are people who really think this there is some social value to a movie. It makes you wonder how you would torture someone. And to make matters worse, nothing is resolved at the end. We are handed this cardboard resolution that solves nothing at all. The fire is dimmed by dousing a flame here and there, leaving the smoldering source of the torturous blaze firmly burning. I don't even want to give this staggeringly pathetic mess of congealed stupidity and perversion the pleasure of a spoiler alert. So I'll just give you an analogy. The main character, Paxton, is a man lost in the woods when suddenly he's attacked by a bear. Ultimately, he is faced with the possibility of picking up a gun and shooting the bear, but instead decides to stomp on the bear's foot, and the movie ends as he runs cowering into the woods. The film is absolute drivel of the lowest order, a pitiful attempt to do something new in the horror genre by removing all elements of story, character, reason, creativity, tension, depth, thought, and meaning, and reducing itself to nothing but a lot of people strapped to chairs and being mutilated alive. If this is entertainment to you, you have some real problems. This movie strikes me as the kind of thing that would be enjoyed by someone who gets a real kick out of those disgusting videos that have been coming out of Iraq. I feel violated just because I've seen this movie. And that's wow. it. Wow. Please, please yeah. serve me. I have another helping of congealed perversion. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the bear <laughs> i guess it would be the elite hunting i need more bear yeah um huh, that well, was I guess, 
Um, I will go into my review. <laughs> um, I give this 8 out of 10 Takashi Miike cameos. Um, I gotta say, like, um, I think that reviewers showed their hand a little bit by saying it makes you think about the ways you would torture people. I gotta tell you, every fucking time I've watched this, I have never once thought about how I would torture a person. It's never <laughs> crossed my mind. Not at all. I don't know if that makes me special, if that makes me the norm. I don't know, but I have never once in my life thought about how I would torture a person. Not once. So this, it's one of those people that probably blames video games for violence. I mean, we know that, that things like this exist in the world, not necessarily this, but I think, you know, what Erica said at the beginning, it, it was very profound. You know, um, Eli Roth has these brilliant ideas and sometimes, you know, isn't very wise about how he tells them. But there is brilliance there. There is, you know, the the very overly long beginning with all the sex and stuff. I think it's to give you some kind of like, I mean, you know you're watching a horror movie because you signed up for that. But it kind of lulls you a little bit. Like, oh, it's going to be one of those. Okay. And it's not. It's something completely different. And I do believe that it, it says something about the American hubris. It says something about, you know, through Americans' eyes. And then we also get the view uh, through the eyes of others to Americans. And I, I think that's very important. Um, I don't think it's like the best film in the world. Um, <clears throat> the fact that I only watched it twice and didn't watch it again for God, 15 years or something uh, or more <laughs> longer than that. I can't keep track. I don't know math, um, but I'm really bad with numbers. Anyway, that I just, I, I didn't, I didn't feel the need to rewatch it again until, you know, we were going to talk about it. Um, I did have more perspective, and uh, I, I think it's a, a film that needs to exist. Um, but, you know, hearing interviews with Eli Roth and, and on his History of Horror show, which I really, really enjoy and I, I talk about all the time, might as well be like their PR person. But where he was actually being interviewed on that show, and he was like, I don't like the torture porn thing. That's not what I was trying to do. <laughs> it, you know, I hate that that's what people call it. He was really trying to make commentary. We know he's a dude, bro, but he's a smart guy. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think this movie needs to exist. Is it something that's in my heavy rotation? Clearly not. And it will not change that. I'd much rather watch a more depraved person, Takashi Miike. I don't know what the fuck that says <laughs> about me. But um, I just think he does the shit better um, than Eli Roth does. I mean, no offense. I love Eli Roth. You know that. Eli, let's have a picnic. Um, <laughs> I'll give you my number, but, uh, yeah, I, I just, it, it, it suffers from pacing and it suffers from a couple of things. Um, but overall it, it's an important film. It needs to be discussed. It, it needs to exist. And so, yeah, eight out of 10 Takashi Miike cameos. And I'm going to give it 7.5 shaved balls. Ah. <laughs> An odd number of balls. So you know how I feel about yeah, odd like, numbers uh, of things that are supposed to be in pairs. Yeah. I was never good at math. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I was kind of let down by this film. Um, you know, the pacing issues, the acting wasn't bad. Um, I've seen far worse, but it, it was almost like, I don't know. Like, sometimes I felt like the writing was off. Like, like, it's a great concept for a film, 
but we could have got into it a lot deeper had we not spent the first 45 minutes just banging chicks. Um, it's bumping. Not that, not that I'm against, you know, tits and ass, but you know, come on. Like I, I don't need it. Like, like <coughs> shoved into my face. If I wanted to watch that, I could go watch bang a dong. You know, I mean, there's, there's so many other films. <laughs> um, it just, uh, I don't know. It. I was hyped up for this because it it came off as like you know, it was going to be gory, it was going to be filthy, it was going to be nasty. You had K and B involved, and it just I I don't think the the gore did it for me. Um, it just you know I don't know. There was there was a lot I think a lot that could have been done that wasn't done, and it left a lot to be desired. Uh, so seven and a half shaved balls. Okay. Uh, who's next? Ooh. Okay, Erica, you want to go next? Oh, sure. Um, I am going with eight and a half out of ten ball gags. Um, so yeah, I I agree as far as like Anna. There, there's definitely some pacing issues. Um, the tone of the film can be very uneven because it's like, well, part of it wants to be like this um, douchey, you know, like college sex comedy. And then, um, but then it also wants to be, you know, scary and suspenseful and disturbing. So it's like, I get what he was trying to do though, by, you know, kind of targeting that audience and having those particular types of characters become victims of a uh, human trafficking ring. But I mean, sometimes those characters really do wear thin, like they are so douchey. <laughs> and it's just like, oh man, <laughs> these guys, it's like, they are so, they, I, I always found those characters very unrelatable. Like, you know, Josh is, uh, you know, a little easier to relate to, um, but it, it makes them, they're definitely not very sympathetic. Um, but I, I really love the points um, and the different themes that Eli Roth was going for here, which is probably why I went back to see it so many times. And and also I realized that it's like, hey, there needs to be more torture in horror movies. So I was really pleased with this uh, this trend since I was really sick of slasher films at that point. Um, of course, then like just a few short years later, there were movies that came out that made hostile look like a trip to your grandma's house like uh, right. philosophy the knife was one that was just like whew. um there were some asian films that were just one called the butcher which i highly recommend but that definitely has much more of a snuff film vibe um but it it's like a harrowing um torture film that's just very uncomfortable um sort of found footagey thing so i don't know i i like this i love this whole subgenre, and i'm um I do feel like, you know, actually the torture scenes in this could have been more extreme, but then again, maybe it wouldn't have gone in our rating if they had pushed that too far. So, yeah, I, I am the weirdo who wanted more torture in this. Sorry. No, I'm I actually did too. Wait. Yeah, I'm docking yeah. a full just because it needed more torture on right. screen. Right. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm about to get canceled here. No. <laughs> No, no, I, I agreed with you. We're all getting canceled. Um, You're so canceled, bro. <laughs> Are you going to fist bump me now? Yeah, I th I'm done. <laughs> I have fist bump. 
Because <laughs> we're not doing the same guy. True. Ew. And also, um, I'm not sure that would work, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know Life finds a way. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, Dave, you look like you wanted to go next. Yeah, I'll go. I was originally going to give this a seven, but after uh, reading about the alternate ending, which I wanted to talk about uh, in the oh, main yeah. part, but uh, so <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give it an eight out of ten um, alternate endings. I wish we had all seen because in the alternate ending, uh, Passion winds up stealing the Dutch businessman's daughter as revenge but the thing about that scene that that sells it for me is uh at the very final scene you see him on the through the train window uh holding you know with his arms around this little girl restraining her you know covering her hand her mouth with his hands so she can't scream as the train pulls away but the look on his face is not one of pleasure it's this he's become what he beheld he he's he's doing the most horrible thing he you can imagine to get revenge so does that yeah, make him actively crying the, yeah it's such a i wish i actually wish that had been the actual ending because it's mm -hmm. more impactful it's more it, it raises more questions which is always good in a movie i think that gives you more things to think about things for your brain to chew on so uh so i was i, I bump it up a full point because i love that ending i love like you said the, the acting the, the look on his face he's just horrified with what he's doing but he can't help himself he's become them you know mm -hmm. so yeah, eight out of the ten alternate endings I wish we had all seen. Crystal? I'll give it eight out of ten horrible hair extensions because <laughs> I didn't talk about this, but Svetlana, like Dave can attest to this, like every time it showed the back of her head in any freaking scene i was like those are really bad extensions and i was, made that yeah. comment i will he was you. like yeah i get it and i was like no those are really bad extensions and then like they like 10 minutes later they show her head and i was like those are really bad extensions and he's like yes those it's distracting you, you said that and i was like yes those are really bad extensions and then they show her again and i'm like those are really bad extensions and he's like yeah you said that and i'm like no they're really bad the like yeah. match they, they weren't good they were not good the the, the links were like horrible but the color didn't match no the color matched the the links are just uh she yeah. just didn't take she just didn't take care of them well um it it's you know it is what it is as far as a film um it, it's you know torture porn i i'm gonna agree with erica as far as it, it needed some more uh torture in it i i think i think if you're going to advertise a film to, like it is and for what it is uh i think we took too long to get to to what kind of maybe drove everyone to the film uh for it to be eli roth um uh i can't say that i necessarily thoroughly enjoyed the film. I thoroughly enjoyed that they had all the pliers together in the torture chambers and that they had all the saws together in the torture chamber. And then I saw the garden shears and all of that aligned together. And then they had the pistols together. You know, everything a little aligned for my OCD. That was great. Uh, but everybody was catching tetany. I can tell you that because that shit was rusted. Or fucking ever, you have one cut, 
your shit is getting locked jaw forever. Um, <laughs> you need you need some treatment. Um, but uh, um, one of the things, if you like a lighter side, and, it, and it's cute to see Eli Roth on a lighter side, uh, if you have Disney Plus, is a show called Earth to Ned. He, he, Eli Roth is on their Halloween episode talking about how to direct and some of his favorite scary movies. He's so precious. It is a cute little show, (laughs) but um, I'm giving this eight out of 10 horrible hair extensions. Uh, It's just, Svetlana needs to do something. I'm glad somebody else said something because I was hearing Sean like her fucking hair though. I know, I kept saying it, and Dave was like, I get it, her hair, and I was like, no. No, you don't get it. You don't don't get it. it. It's worse than a 2000, you know, early 2000s haircut. I got the layers, but, like, her hair extensions don't matter. Are you still talking about those extensions? Yes, Yes, they're worth it. And you know how expensive that shit is? Yes. (laughs) Anyway, okay, uh, Nico, what do you got to say? Are, are you talking? Can you hear me? No, I can't. Oh, yes. Now we can. Oh, I said I'm giving this five out of ten finger-eating salads. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Edward salad hands. And it's it's appropriate because it's it's half half a review for half a fucking movie. It's American <laughs> Pie meets Saw. The movie is very incomplete, let's be honest. This is not a complete film. It's it's the horror equivalent of an Axe Body Spray commercial. Ah! <laughs> God. If, if we're being honest. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, it probably does smell like that. And techni. There's there's zero redeemable characters in this fucking movie. The only one who's somewhat cool is, is Oli. Somewhat. And he's just funny because he's, you know, funny for, for whatever reason. Yeah, no. There's no redeemable characters in this fucking movie. The, the gore is, is what it is. I mean... The only cool scene is the Achilles scene, let's be honest, because the fucking blowtorch scene, it, it's its prosthetic and it looks fake as shit. Um, it's, it's, it's just super douchey. It's not even really Poor Eli horror. Roth, he just can't it's, shake off the douche. It's not, it's not a horror movie either. Call him Summer's As much Eve. as it wants to be. It's not even torture porn. I don't like that term either. I think that's the fucking dumbest thing too. <laughs> to be honest, what, what did I miss? I made a, a douche joke. I said he, he we, let's just call him, I said I said he's such a douche. We should just call him Summer's Eve. Uh, <laughs> or, or Mass and Guest. <laughs> Summer's um, Eve, right? Wow. That's, that's good. I, I it's actually it. funny. Sorry. Sorry, I mean, Nico. He's, he's, he's pretty much been trying to make the same movie over. I mean, ironically, to me, I think his best movie I'm is the, fucking, the goddamn kids movie that he did with Steven Spielberg. The house with the... That clock in the wall. Clock the clock in the walls. Yeah. That was his best fucking movie because it's an actual fucking movie. Ironically, well, I think I think yeah. As a filmmaker, he suffers from great ideas but poor writing. I don't think he's a great writer. No, he's not a great. You know what though? But again, this is why I I I, now if this was the second film, Hostel Part Two, that would have gotten damn near perfect score because that movie is fucking on point. Everything about it is so much. It's leaps and bounds a better version of this fucking movie. And again, I, I I have to I have to think that that Quentin had a lot to do with that second film, since since a lot of the criticism for the first film with his name being attached to it, you know one one thing Quentin is he's a fucking perfectionist when it when it comes to things, 
So I, I really, really feel like the second film had more Quentin, and you can tell that it did, because it's a more complete movie. Or at least you know, yeah. it actually right. from him. And it and it and it tells you, you know, the story of like how these guys get into like the the elite club, and then like how the girls are picked, and you know, it's such, it's such a better film. This one, I don't know. Well, like, I, I like mean, it when we've it... had requests, so we will cover the second film. But I, I, I liked the, you know, I liked the, the movie when it first came out. But then I, I watched it again when it came out on DVD, and I was like, "Fuck, this is this is kind of a shitty movie." I mean, Cabin Fever isn't that great either, to be honest with you. It's well, I think the thing that Cabin Fever had was it had a little bit of humor. Mm-hmm. It did, which, yeah. which this, this one did too. This and one again, does too. I you know just I, I, not, just think, I don't I didn't feel like it was quite on that level though. Yeah. No, right. I mean, and and honestly, I mean, if if, if we're comparing the two, I mean, I, I would rather I I think I've watched Cabin Fever more than I've watched Hostel since yeah. they both came out. Yeah, same here. <laughs> I and, have I, not. and I saw I saw Cabin, and I, I don't miss the episode, but I was in <laughs> at, at the theater for Cabin Fever when it opened that night, and that ending with the old man, and you know, however, yeah, I'm not gonna get into it because. Yeah, it was funny, but again, a lot of things that Eli Roth does, and you know, they don't age well at all. Yeah, that was, well, that was anybody, that was like a two-hour joke. Yeah, did know? anybody yeah. realize that the the security guard uh, in the art exhibition is watching what is it, um, sex fever or love fever? The uh, yeah. porn. Of cabin fever. <laughs> like we needed that. Right. But did... I needed it. <laughs> it's not it's not a good porno honestly. It's not a good porn. Damn it. Well, uh, but but did anybody else think that the security guard or bouncer or the muscle meat of whatever the the guy that has kind of the chin length hair? Does he look like a hammerhead shark to anybody else but me? Yeah, he was fucking weird looking. I think it's different. It's just me. It's just me. I think I drank a little too much. He looks like a hammerhead shark. I'm sorry. He does. Just Yeah, that's. Oh, I didn't think you were going to rate it that low. So surprising. Yeah, me neither. This has been a great I'm not the lowest. I know you rated it really high for you, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we have a lot of great um, other conversations coming up um, due to popular demand. We will do Hostel Part Two. I will work that in. Um, we'll just do. I'm going to do quick plugs because we release these uh, as we want, so it's hard to bring up anything current um, as to what's coming up. Just you know, cool shit, of course, because we're the House of Screams, and that's what we fucking do. Um, Everything House of Screens related and me related, which is, of course, House of Screens related because uh, I that's all I do is fucking shit for this show, um, is Linktree slash Candy Final Girl. And I'm Sean of the Dead. You can find me Instagram, Twitter at Sean of the Dead. Uh, shout out to everybody uh, listening. Thank you. Um, all the way in Luxembourg. We are huge in Luxembourg. I don't know why. Again, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Off with that. Oh. oh boy. Or maybe he said. <laughs> or they. They them. Them. <laughs> they them. <laughs> we don't discriminate. Not. We'd be out of a fucking job. Like we're all so fucking weird. Jesus. 
I know, right? Ourselves. Okay, uh, who who has plugs? Um, oh, I guess I do. Uh, find me at uh, Instagram at my horrific life. Um, uh, there's also a, a new website launch for Final Girls Cosme- Final Girl Cosmetics um, coming out soon. I have to fine tune a few technical things with the site, um, but we have some exciting new products that we'll be listing. Um, yes. Also, whoops, sorry, sorry, my cat's being very very bad at the moment. No, no such thing. I want to yeah. Um, I do want to uh, plug Andre and his films again. Um, you can support him on uh, at patreon.com forward slash Iskanov. And also um, we've got like, he's just uh, started to release his old film sa- soundtracks on Bandcamp. So you can find him there. Um, he is experiencing some difficulties in Russia, not just because of official sanctions, but also a lot of uh, privately owned companies are completely um, ceasing services to Russia. So we are very afraid that he won't be able to get his medications. Um, Apparently even cat food suppliers are pulling out and it's like, I I totally understand the official sanctions, but it's like some of these business decisions, like just, they just seem to screw over ordinary people, you know, rather than addressing you know, like what Putin's doing or, you know, what the leadership is doing with Ukraine. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely- I will mail him some cat food. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're trying to like problem solve um, some things for him too. And he's he's looking for a bank that's not on the sanctions list so he can keep getting his Patreon uh, payments <laughs> and other things, uh, film, film payments. So uh um, yeah, definitely please uh, check out his work and support it if you can. <laughs> okay, um, definitely. And let me know um, in our chat with Andre, like, whatever he needs, like, I'll, I'll, I'll send some shit. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, I guess that's, okay. that's a, a, a question of mine is, like, how would we send that stuff? Are we still, are, like, UPS and FedEx, like, still delivering to Russia? And that's a, yeah, budget. that's a great that's question. A question. So. The last time I've um, sent him some small like film props um, and, and things like that in the mail, I went through um, USPS International, but I haven't looked into whether that service is suspended. But I do know that if you're shipping to Russia, you'd better pay for um, insurance. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For everything yeah. because otherwise... Anytime I ship internationally. Yeah, what what you ship might just go misty, missing from uh, someone in customs deciding they want to just keep it so yeah, with my you, mom in canada my brother in japan yeah hmm. i know yeah yeah so that's a, a downer too but um yeah it's so damn expensive to ship to russia too and and honestly though with moscow being um you know kind of uh, targeted you know or ra- rather counter targeted um everything goes through moscow for customs apparently so it, it might even be harder to get stuff to them which also sucks but well, shit. I will try anyway. Yeah, just let let me know how I yeah, can help. Yeah, keep us posted. Yeah. Okay, uh, Nico, what you got? Just find me on Twitter and Instagram at El Jefe Del Horror. The bus. Okay, uh, Dave and Crystal. Uh, just uh, just here. Just um, I really ever just on Twitter for the show. Um, 
and on Facebook for cat videos. That's pretty much all I do online. That's the <laughs> life right there. Oh my God. That's it's all Facebook is for me is just cat videos. I love them all. Um, uh, one thing I wanted to mention uh, real quick, cause we did cabin fever, Eli Roth and this is that uh, he gets an extra half a point for being uh, the bear Jew. I'm sorry. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. He gets my all the points for being the bear Jew. I sweat. Favorite fucking thing ever. Dude, I, I got to tell you. He comes out of that cave. I'm Donnie like, oh, Donovich, the bear Jew. I got to tell you, like, I meant to mention this earlier and I just I just never got around to it. But Eli Roth acting, I like his acting better than I like his directing. Yeah, right. Yes. I really do. He really seems to enjoy himself when he's acting. He seems like he's just having fun. He's a good natured guy, though. He's yeah. a good looking guy. I know. I mean, yeah. And, and you know, in, in Glorious Bastards, he gets to play a, a Jewish kid boy, which from Brooklyn. No, he's not from, he's like from Boston, I think. I think he's from Boston, taking a baseball bat to some Nazi's head. You know, I'm in. You've got my money right there. But like that right. whole scene where he's coming out of the tunnel and you hear the fucking bat. Right, I'm like, the, the, I'm like, the sweat's then. already starting on me. I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah, it's going to happen. Anyway, yeah, that, I wanted to say that. I love that. <laughs> sorry That's, about yeah. that. I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, Nico, pleasure to have you back. We missed you last couple times. Thanks. Thanks it's not yes, the same without you, your brother. Good to have you. Um, Crystal. Anywhere you find Dave, you can find me. And her feet. Although I am just close to selling feet pictures on the internet. Feet don't fail. Aren't we all? I have size 11 feet with like toes this long. I'm like a wet dream for feet. Oh, shit. Send you my credit card number later. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, no. Yeah. Jizzing in my fanny pack right now. Nah. <laughs> I'm your wife, dude. Like you could like get the shit for free. I got cats. Fuck <laughs> you. I have cats too. I guess I guess I I just rank below the cats. So it's fine. It's totally fine. They're my babies. I'm your wife. <laughs> Goodbye, city life. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, thank you guys so, so much. And thank you to the listeners. And we've got really, really awesome shit coming up for you this season. And we're so fucking excited. And I can't even talk about it all. So again, thank you. Have a good night. Love you guys. Love Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.